Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Heath Cummings from CBS Sports, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. Welcome to the Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify as well. Jake Brown Radio, Jake Brown Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that jazz. Rate us five stars, review us as well. This week coming up on the show, Marvin Jones, the former Jets All-Pro linebacker, will join us to tell us about the BS that was the Tampa 2 defense under Herm Edwards. Some interesting comments from a great guy in Marvin Jones. And Matt Cerrone, the first uh, guest in my career, I guess, in 2012 on uh, WGBB AM 1240. He'll join us to talk about the Mets debacle and his book, New York Mets Fans Bucket List. Folks, it has been a wild week of life. Um, just mayhem going on in the life of Jake Brown here. I don't like to talk about. I got. I got to release this stress on the podcast. I just should have let it all out. Trying to find an apartment. My goodness, the hardest thing ever, especially when you're trying to go close. So, I need to move out by basically Saturday at the latest Sunday. It is August 30th, and I still do not have an apartment. Essentially, I have three days to be moved in to a new spot. So I'm in the middle of doing that. The place I wanted to get is gone now. The other place, they're trying to charge me a fee of $200 to live there for three, do a three-month lease instead of a year. On top of $1,100 plus $150 utilities and an extra $200. So they want $1,450 for this small room. Sure, they provide the living room, the TV in the living room, and there's a washer-dryer in the kitchen. But relax. Extra $200 a month? Are you out of your freaking mind? The convenience is that the place is across the street where I could just roll my stuff across and be good to go. But outside of that, you're asking for that much money. They got a four-bedroom. No one has moved in. You got to calm down. So looking for that. Trying to do show. Job interviews. Assignments for job interviews. I mean, there is just... I shouldn't even be sitting in the seat right now. It's nuts. I mean, I'm sure it'll all work out. But if it's not... You might see me outside Penn Station. Give me a beat if you walk by because I'll be looking for dollar bills for freestyles. (laughs) Just absolute mayhem going on. A thousand things at once, but we are here and we're going to have a condensed show coming up. Um, Joining me later in the show, and later I mean like 15 minutes, Heath Cummings. Senior fantasy sports writer for CBS Sports, and he's an analyst on fantasy football today and fantasy baseball today. He'll help you with your fantasy draft and some injury updates and guys who could fill in. Can Brandon Cooks be a second-round material now with Julian Edelman out? Um, 
Can Kareem Hunt, the rookie Chiefs running back, be a high pick and be trusted upon as he is uh, now in the fold? Um, we'll talk with him. Fantasy, fantasy coming up. The season is here. I got to draft Sunday and Monday. Heath is in 20 leagues. I don't know how you manage that, but I guess if you're doing it all day and night, you can. Um, I'll stick with my two, I think it is. Um, hopefully I remember to do do the draft. So no one likes to get auto-picked. Even though the auto-picked team always finds a way to win, and it's the most frustrating thing when someone just doesn't isn't there for the draft. They Some people like would rather have an auto-pick. They end up winning. This is the Jake Brown Show. Um, some news and nuggets here. Ezekiel Elliott is appealing his six-game suspension right now in New York City. We'll see if he gets it shortened. I feel like he won't. I think it's going to stay at six, and I know fantasy players are saying, hey, um, can you let us know what's going to happen? Where are we going to pick this guy? Let's worry about his incident over fantasy. But I don't think it's going to change much. Uh, Another controversial news, Aaron Rodgers says Colin Kaepernick isn't on an NFL roster because of his protest. Um, He's accurate in saying that. I mean, he's he's accurate. He should be on a roster. If he didn't protest, it wouldn't make a difference. He's got a point. You could say that's controversial. Roger shouldn't get his head involved, but I mean, he's right. I mean, that's pretty much common sense that the things surrounding Kaepernick are why he's not on a roster. Remember, you have to factor in the fact that when you're on a roster in week one, you're paid for the whole season. So after week one passes, there's a decent chance, a decent chance Kaepernick gets signed because it's not the guaranteed money over the full year. And you know in week one we're going to have a big quarterback go down or something's going to happen. It's the NFL. There's always injuries. Something's going to happen. And if a team loses their quarterback and Kaepernick fits, he's going to get signed. But for now, he's not. He's just we Until the season starts and a week goes in and the contract's not guaranteed, he won't be signed. And I hope my guy K.J. Brent has that guaranteed spot. Played with him in Madden, uh, Marvin Ridge High School product on the Raiders, wide receiver. Hopefully will be that fourth or fifth wide receiver and hopefully get his chance. So shout-out to K.J. Um, Should have started with this, and I did not. My mistake on this. Prayers to Houston and everything just going on. They're just incredible work. One by J.J. Watt, who has helped raise – now over five, I think it might even be. I mean, it goes up a million like every day, every hour. It's at like six million now for hurricane relief in Houston. I mean, prayers to them and everything going on there. And just it, it, things you love about America is when you see people unite and people come together as one to help someone or, or a town, in this case, a city, a big city that is in need. And you've just seen people come to the rescue here, people coming with boats, saving people. I saw a video of a news reporter flagging down guys with a boat to go save a guy as the water was coming up to his truck, basically just below his head. They saved him in time. And it makes you put a, throw away Donald Trump and all the politics and all the BS that's going on in our nation. Those are the great things about our country when you see people united. I mean, some people, you know, some people are going to do this stuff and post it for the attention. Look at me. Look what I did. But mostly I think this is people just wanting to help each other, which you love to see. So prayers, shout out to Houston. Go donate. Go help 
their city as they try and get things going here as the Texans' last preseason game, which is completely irrelevant, was canceled, as it should be. And uh, a lot of change going on. The games in Houston with the Mets-Astros, maybe in Tampa. Games next week are going to be in Tampa. A lot of things changing here, so hope everyone is doing okay there. People also not maybe not doing okay, at least mentally right now, are fans of Cleveland and fans of Boston. As this trade has just taken all sorts of twists and turns between the Cavaliers and Celtics. Kyrie Irving, will he be a Celtic or not? Will he go to the Milwaukee Bucks? As the Bucks are keeping an eye on this situation, have assets to deal, and would like to do a trade if this doesn't get done. I'm hearing it's going to likely get done. The Cavs are not seeking top players now in, a, in the deal with the Celtics. The deadline is Thursday um, over Thomas's injury concern uh, and the physical. That deadline is Thursday, so we'll have an answer here. The deadline for Thomas to clear his physical is Thursday. So we'll have a resolution probably tomorrow. And guess what? If, 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 this, if the Cavs say, hey, can you give us one of your picks, Celtics? Danny, just I, I know you're you're Mr. Assets himself, but give just give him a pick. Because your pick is gonna be not that great, considering you're probably gonna be one of the better teams in the league with Kyrie Irving. The Cavs, I mean, come on. I we know Isaiah's got the hip problem, but I, I think he's gonna be just fine. And he's also a one year rental. You want Isaiah to start and play all season, obviously, because you still think and you still should be the cream of the crop of the East with Isaiah. Kevin Love and the King, of course. And you had Jay Crowder in the mix. They got a good batch of players here. I mean, this was a good haul that the Cavaliers got. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Kyrie to the Celtics is going to be great to watch. The Celtics have their point guard of the future. Maybe they got to add a pick, but they do not. It seems like they do not have to add Jalen Brown. They do not have to add Jason Tatum or a high-end pick. They're already giving them the Nets pick, which you expect to be in the lottery. But, hey, don't rule out the Nets to maybe win 30 games this year. They won over – the Nets won last year um, 22 or something. The Nets are better than last year. I mean, the Nets finished 20-62. and 62. They should win at least 25 games. They have approved enough, even though you lose Brooke Lopez. Overall, I think their starting lineup is more respectable now. Um, you have Lynn. You have D'Angelo Russell. You have Timofey Mozgov. You have Damari Carroll. It's a respectable enough roster to win 25 games. So don't expect the Nets to be first, second, maybe not even third. Maybe not even top five. The Nets, I think, will be a top ten pick, but don't. Don't shoo them in for top five just yet. But either way, the Cavaliers are going to get a top 10 most likely, top 10 pick. They're going to get Crowder under contract through 2020. They're going to get Zizich, this big man who could maybe come off the bench and be a decent player. And they're going to get Isaiah Thomas, who was one of the best players in the league last year. He's a defensive liability, but don't think the hip injury is going to keep this guy out all year. And if he misses any time, it'll probably be minimal. So they can ask for another pick, and I understand it. But let's be real here. The Cavs are getting a nice haul, hip injury or not, with Isaiah Thomas, Crowder, ZZ, a first-round pick, and maybe now another 
first round pick. Something I just had to write about the Knicks, who I I said HBO will now be doing the hard Knicks, not the hard knocks. As Kristaps Porzingis did not go to the exit meeting because of a feud, not with Phil Jackson, but a feud with head coach Jeff Hornacek. And the reports were from our guy Peter Vesey. We got to throw Peter Vesey out there again. That Porzingis, they were talking to Willie Hernan Gomez to talk to Porzingis because Hernan Gomez is his best friend. Porzingis was kind of going against the rules. There were times he was parking in um, administrators' parking spots that were reserved for guys higher up, and he was taking spots. So guess what? It's a 21-year-old acting up. It's his second year in the freaking United States, let alone the NBA. You're in New York City, the Mecca, the number one place to play with the number one clown organization right now. And you have to expect them to act a little immature. And also, let's be real about this. Jeff Hornacek was not the best hire. The Knicks could have done so much better at head coach. They went with Hornacek. Eh, so-so. But the Knicks could have done better with that hire. And now it's a mess. Now the head coach and mess. Phil's gone. James Dolan doesn't care enough. And the debacle continues. Who knows where Melo ends up. But the Knicks never. It's a soap opera there. They're never away from the headlines. Ever. The Jets are never away from the headlines. We stick to New York. They're embarrassingly bad. And now they're shopping Matt Forte. Clearly clear-cut. I won't talk about it much because we talked with Jets with Marvin Jones coming up this week as well. Clearly going 0-16. Clearly trying for 0-16 or 1-15. And if you trade Matt Forte, Blau Pal is great, but then who backs up Blau Pal? So the Jets are doing all they can to put the least talented roster in the history of football out on the field. And if if they win three or four games, it's very Jets-esque to miss out on the first pick. Right now, I just want them to lose them all. I will not root for them to win, and I will not go to a game unless it's free tickets and a luxury suite with free food. Maybe free lower-level tickets if someone's driving and they have a parking pass and they got all the food, but I ain't dropping a dime to see this team play because I'm going to go there and say, lose, 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 and who wants to go to a game to watch a team lose? Because watching them win is only pushing this team back from getting a franchise quarterback because with the Jets' luck, they'll get the third pick and Rosen and Darnold will get picked ahead. Or they'll trade a bunch of picks to get those guys. So let's just go 0-16. The Browns have released two-time Pro Bowl cornerback Joe Hayden after they could not get a trade done. We'll see where he goes. Maybe the Giants give him a call, get another cornerback in there. Odell Beckham, we'll see if he's ready for week one with his injury. Tough break for the Giants as he has that ankle injury to worry about. I'm sure some people are still going to blame the boat for that one. Over to baseball. Giancarlo Stan is just hitting homers left and right. He's at 51 homers. He wants to get to 62. 18 home runs in August. Ties an 80-year-old record for August with Rudy York. It's the second most home runs in a month ever behind none other than Sammy Sosa, who had 20 in June of 1998, as I, I'm sure something injected inside of him may have boosted those numbers just a little bit. But 
Stanton is on a record pace, and still two days left in the month. We'll see if he beats that record with a couple of homers over the next couple of days here. But that begs the question, with a 13-year, $325 million deal, the rumors are already out there that Stan's going to be on the move this offseason. Listen, the Mets have a ton of money coming off the books. I am all for taking on Stan's contract and trading for him and bringing him here and having him, Cespedes, Conforto to form easily the best outfield in baseball. Here's the problem. Stanton's contract is heavily backloaded, and the cheap part came these years. It all goes up from here. 2018, 25. Next year, 26. Next year, 26 million. Next year, 29. Then 29, 32, 32, 32, 29, 25, 25. The least he's making is 25. The most he's making is $32 million a year. It is a ton of money. But if the Mets want to say, hey, fans, we're ready to win now and in the future, you say, hey. But you also have to factor in this. The Marlins don't want to give him to a division rival. The Marlins don't want to see Stanton hit homers against them 18, 19 times a year for another decade. And knowing the Mets, he'll be terrible and get hurt every year with everything that goes on with them. So... We'll see how that plays out, but Stan likely is going to be on the move this offseason. We have your fantasy analyst, Heath Cummings, helping you with your draft. Next week, we're going to do AFC this week, but next week we will do a full football preview. We'll also see where I'm living by next week. We'll know if I have a home. Monday is Labor Day, so I'm sure we'll have a Tuesday or Wednesday show. Um, we'll update you on my drafts. We'll give you the AFC preview, division by division, and NFC preview as well. We'll get you all of that next week. The U.S. Open's going on. We'll give you a U.S. Open update if you care. Um, the Astros will return home, actually, to Houston, as this just came out. The Astros will return home to Houston to play the Mets on Saturday after Hurricane Harvey. So, interesting, they will play home. Huh. Heath Cummins is coming out. We got to wrap up the show in a minute or two here. Uh, make sure you subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Whew, we got an interesting week coming up in sports, in life. Make sure you subscribe because Marvin Jones joins us this week, the former Jets All Pro linebacker. Talks LeVar Ball, talks Jets, talks some Herm Edwards and the Tampa 2 defense, which he was not a fan of. Matt Cerrone will talk about the Mets debacle and his new book, The New York Mets Fans Bucket List. We got Mets talk. We got Jets talk. We got it all here coming up. Good luck, everyone, in your fantasy drafts this weekend. Prayers again. Shouts out to Houston, Texas. Houston strong as they try and recover from that brutal hurricane. Um... Everyone have a great Labor Day weekend. Enjoy the holiday weekend, and we'll update you on what's going on in the world of sports and entertainment next week right here on the Jake Brown Show. Peace, everybody. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And we're back on part two of the Jake Brown Show this week. CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network, iTunes, 
and Spotify fantasy football season is here, and I'm sorry for all those who drafted early in August, which I always frown upon because you you may have missed out on some guy named Julian Edelman who helped me get to a title game last year and a few other injuries as well. If you had um, Cam Meredith, I mean, if if you somehow drafted him early on, he's gone on the shelf now. And i got to break that down and everything. Football with us right now is Heath Cummings, senior fantasy sports writer for CBS Sports, and he's an analyst with fantasy football and fantasy baseball today down in Florida. Heath, appreciate you coming on. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. You know, I've been drafting since like February, so I guess I'm one of those people that drafts too early. But I've got plenty of drafts left, so it's fine. Yeah, how many, like, how many official drafts are you in? I'd imagine it's double digits. Yeah, it's right around twenty where I actually Jesus. have to set my lineups, and then I've got forty uh, best ball leagues where, thankfully, on those you just pick the team and then let it ride. So it's it's a sickness, but it's yeah. great. <laughs> 20, oh my god i'm in i'm in i think two or three and the people ask me like for four and five i'm like i can't it's too much to handle but i guess it is your job so it makes sense um did you draft julian edelman in any of those leagues you know i think i had julian edelman in one or two leagues i did not have any cameron meredith or spencer Ware, so it's it's going to be okay and like even the people that did draft those players hopefully you didn't draft them in the first four or five rounds so it didn't kill you yeah, I mean, Edelman, I'd imagine people picked in, in the first four or five. But that leads me to the Patriots and the receivers. I mean, do you expect now Brandon Cooks to step up? The Patriots receivers are always a question mark fantasy-wise. Do you expect Cooks now to be a guy to look at and maybe in the fourth or fifth round? Yeah, one of the first things I had to do when that Edelman injury came out was take Brandon Cooks off of my bust list because people were drafting him in the second or third round with Edelman there. and I was concerned about the targets. But not anymore. I, this is a guy that's been a top 12 receiver each of the past two seasons, and that's with 117 and 129 targets over the last two years. That seems like his floor to me now. He may see upwards of 140. He's my number 10 wide receiver. I'd be happy to take him in the second round, mid-second, right after Rob Gronkowski. Is there anyone else, obviously Gronk, but anyone else on the Patriots receiving core uh, worthy of being picked, a Hogan, Malcolm Mitchell, anyone else? Yeah, it depends on the depth of your league. Hogan deserves to be drafted in basically all leagues, but mm. I'm afraid he's going to be overdrafted. And he jumped an hour ADP up to like the eighth round over the weekend, and that's too high. I would not mind taking him with a 10th or 11th round pick. It's his second year in the offense. He has a connection with Tom Brady. He's got some deep ball ability, and he's been used out of the slot. So Hogan's a fine number four or number five wide receiver in the double-digit rounds. I just wouldn't go reaching for him like a lot of people are doing. And then if you're in a draft that goes into the 16th, 17th, 18th round, Malcolm Mitchell's a guy you should consider towards the very end of your draft. Because I think he has just as much upside as Hogan without any of the hype. Spencer Ware likely out for the year now. Changes a lot of things. Kareem Hunt's going to get a shot now. But where do you pick Kareem Hunt in the draft? Now, I, got, I have a draft Sunday and Monday, so any of this uh, help I'm going to use. <laughs> I'm happy to take Kareem Hunt in the fourth round. I think hmm. maybe he has a higher floor than any of the other rookie running backs just because they all kind of fell into bad situations where they have other guys challenging for touches or they're on a bad team or they have a bad offensive line or for Joe Mixon, maybe all three. Hunt's on what should be at the very worst a, a decent team with a decent offensive line, and we've seen all that we need to see out of Sharkhandrick West. He'll get some touches, but he's not going to take the majority of them some people are taking Hunt in the third round. That's too high for me. If he's there in the fourth, it's okay. If he's there in the fifth, I love it. 
Heath Cummings joining us. Follow him on Twitter at Heath Cummings Senior. Does it make you feel old when when you're when you're labeled the senior fantasy sports writer? Well, I mean, the fact is, I am old. I've got two teenagers, <laughs> so it doesn't bother me too much. As long as you feel young, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so Ezekiel Elliott, obviously appealing, trying to appeal his, his six game suspension here. Where is his value? Is it? I mean, do you still pick him early, hoping that he'll come back from these six games and be great, or hoping that the suspension gets cut down? Where is Zeke on your draft board? I do expect that he will come back from these six games and be great, but I'm a little lower on him than most, just because if that suspension starts week one and he's actually out for the first six weeks, that's like 40% of your fantasy regular season. Mm-hmm. So I can't do that at all. Um, I will take Ezekiel Elliott in the third round, late third in a PPR, early third in a non-PPR draft. He's going in the second though in a lot of drafts. And the problem is people want to draft Elliott and then grab Darren McFadden. And he's going too early as well. Seventh or eighth round for McFadden, who at best gets to start six games. And his first three games are against the Giants, Broncos, and Cardinals. Just terrible matchups for running backs. So I'm probably I'm not going to touch McFadden until the tenth round. I'll draft Elliott in the third. Are there any? I mean, this may be the Jets this year may have less people of fantasy value than any team in the history of sports. Honestly, uh, are there any Jets that you pick now, especially with the Matt Forte rumors flowing around that they may trade him? The nice thing about it is everyone is treating them like they don't have any fantasy assets, so nobody's really a bad value. I was I'm working on a column for today. The best values on ESPN, CBS, and Yahoo, depending on where you're drafting. And on ESPN in particular, I think Robbie Anderson is like the 72nd wide receiver off the board at pick 170. I love the value for Robbie hmm. Anderson because I, I do see him as somebody that gets 110, 120 targets, and it's really hard to be awful in fantasy with that much volume. All right, my I want to let you know my draft. Four, I have the 14th pick, the 11th pick I had a keeper and I kept LaShawn McCoy. My other two keepers, I got Baldwin um, as a fifth rounder and Crabtree as a fourth rounder. Uh, with that, telling you that, with that running back, those two receivers, 14th pick, who do you say I go with? It's going to depend so much on who else was kept in your draft and then who all is available. Mm-hmm. I do think Doug Baldwin as a fifth round keeper is just a spectacular. Steal. If you can start three wide receivers, I'm probably leaning towards a wide receiver with that 14th pick because you already have one running back. And the running backs in that second round area just make me awfully nervous. Melvin Gordon, Jay Ajayi, Jordan Howard, Todd Gurley, they've all got huge upside. They've all got plenty of things holding them back as well. If I could take a wide receiver like a Brandon Cook or somebody like that in that range instead, I'd be happy to do it. That would make me stack that uh, wide receiver. How many uh, hours do you plan for this? I mean, is this all day and night? Are you planning for drafts? Well, it's my job, so I, I've, I've got to. <laughs> I do it when I'm here, and the nice thing is, I'm at home and there's a football game. I can just tell my wife that I have to work. Yeah, I eat mm-hmm. pretty much my entire life outside of coaching kids sports and uh, trying to make my wife not be unhappy with me. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk a little football. I want to get your preview here. Uh, in the AFC, I mean, who do you like now? Obviously, the Pages lose Edelman, but they're still expected to be the cream of the crop in the AFC. The Steelers get Martavis Bryant back. They're going to be a force. The Raiders are expected to be great. Uh, who's your uh, uh, preseason uh, AFC pick? Oh, it's, it's 
easily the Patriots. I would be less surprised if they went 16-0 and than I would be if somebody else was the number one seed in the AFC. Because it's not just how good they are. I think without Edelman, maybe not. But before the Edelman injury, I thought this was maybe the best roster that they had ever put together. And look at the rest of their division. They get to play the Bills twice. The Bills are actively trying to get worse by getting rid of anyone they can. The Jets already did that. And then the Dolphins have had some injury problems this preseason. So you've got six wins in the division. It's hard to imagine them losing any of those games. I would expect, like, they're favored by eight over the Kansas City Chiefs in the opening week. I don't know how many spreads they have lower than eight this year. It's just phenomenal, the gap between them and everyone else. Do you like the Raiders to be right there behind them this year? I would expect some regression from the Raiders. I don't Hmm. think they were quite as good as their record was last season. Their defense is not very good at all. Khalil Mack's awesome. I don't want to take anything away from him, but that secondary is extremely questionable. Now, Joe Hayden's out there. If they can go add Joe Hayden, that, he's not what he used to be, but he would be a major upgrade on their secondary. NFC. I feel like it's wide open this year. It's hard for me. I could say the Giants could slide in there. Uh, the Packers are obviously always on the board, and, and the Falcons are going to be back. Um, who in the NFC stands out to you? I don't. I agree with you. I don't know that anyone stands out. If I had to pick a couple teams that I thought were going to be there in the end, I, I'd say there's three, and that's the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Falcons. There's nothing sexy about picking those three teams because it seems like two of them are always there. And the Falcons were just there last season, but those are the three teams that stand out to me. If I had to pick one to meet the Patriots in the Super Bowl this year, I think I'd go with Seattle. All right, so you, you like a Seattle, New England rematch in the Super Bowl, and uh, from the one... They will run this time. I I would expect, although they don't look like they can run at all right now. <laughs> yeah. That Thomas Rawls is hurt. Eddie Lacy has just looked completely uninspiring. The best running back on the roster in the preseason was Chris Carson. I expect Rawls gets healthy. The offensive line gels just a little bit. They'll be better running in the second half. But Russell Wilson is a phenomenal quarterback. He got the increased volume last year that we've been hoping for in fantasy, but then he played most of the year hurt, so we didn't get the production. I think this year, Wilson stays healthy. He gets the production and the volume. He's a top four fantasy quarterback for me. I feel like Eddie Lacy needs to get his Jonah Hill on. Jonah Hill is great when he's fat, and Eddie Lacy now is losing weight, and they're giving him money, but maybe he's better when he's bigger. That that is a fantastic observation. I agree. (laughs) Heath Cummings, CBS Sports, senior fantasy sports writer, you could catch him on Fantasy Football Today and Fantasy Baseball Today. I know you're headed to do some video right now. Heath, appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, enjoy opening week coming up. Always a good time. Thanks. Take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.